It's Friday, January 8th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news headlines and all the gossipy hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going, Russ? Woo! You did it! Awesome. Y'all yeah. didn't hear it. It took a couple times. We do that a lot. Y'all should have seen SevOps back in the day. SevOps takes for like <laughs> 600 to get through one line. It was, it was pretty intense. It's way easier so, without uh, video, dude. Way easier. Oh. Oh yeah, wait. Because oh, I'm like, I'm making gestures and I'm doing yeah. stuff, and it's like you're you're trying to do too many things at once. Yeah, uh, those sub-ops things is, was just crazy. Like one thing, like one person would be standing like slightly out of frame or something. We would nail the lines, but then we have to redo it all because of the video. So, People yeah. would ask me all the time. They're like, "So how long does it take y'all to make one of those?" Is it like, I bet it takes y'all at least an hour. I'm like, "Yeah, at least an hour." I bet our shortest one was done in four hours. <laughs> For those for those five minute videos, our average probably take was six ish hours that we worked through. Yeah, it wasn't six hours. I think it was. I think Maybe. it was. You're probably right. We, and then I had yeah. to edit at night. Yeah, and then yeah. Bewley's throwing another like eight hours of editing on top of ah, it. Like an hour. Yeah. It took us like I wrote twenty five hours worth of scripts. <laughs> <laughs> and what did Tyler do? He just showed up and put his glasses on. Well, he didn't show up today, so it's just me and you today, Russ. That's and uh, we're going to get through some stuff here. Uh, I love this day in tech history stuff. And uh, there was a cool one in there today. Did you see the space record one? The I Russian did. cosmonaut? Mm -hmm. yeah. Would you have guessed that many days in space? No. No, no, no. Not even. So it was 1994, was. January 8th. I'll let you say the name. Russian cosmonaut. Go ahead. Valery Polyakov. No. Polyakov? Polyakov. Polyakov. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. Soyuz TM-18, he left for Mir, the space station. He would stay in space until March 22nd, 1995. 437 days in space. He had to have been um, quite weak once... Once he returned, I would. Yeah. Didn't they do, someone did a spotty or a, a spotty, a study about doing, uh, staying for a year. I think it was in space, and they came back and they had lost like forty percent of their muscle mass or something. Like, I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I can't remember where I was listening to this, but there's actually a pretty linear regression in bone density as well. Yeah, like just yeah, yeah. steady linear regression, and I, I think. Where was this? I don't know. I was listening to an astronaut talk about this. And so that what they'll do is they'll get on uh, like a treadmill in the space, in the international space station. But the interesting thing about it was that they can't bolt the treadmill to the space station because, you know, again, laws of the thermodynamics, if they, if they're running on a space station, the vibrations will cause the space station to break apart. <laughs> so they have to separate the, the uh, treadmill from the space station by springs. Basically, you just kind of suspend it in the air. And so while you're running and hitting against the treadmill, the treadmill then kind of can bounce and fluctuate off and not actually vibrate the, the uh, space station. It's wild. Absolutely and wild. All sorts of things that we do in space are wild. And, uh, and I'm a big Star Wars fan. And so like, I'm like listening. I say listening because I don't know how to read. I listen to do audiobooks. Listening to this new book, it's a weird way to phrase it. You say you don't and know I, how to read? I don't. I don't know how to read. How do you function? You read don't emails worry about all day. It. This uh, is an argument uh, I get into I with my wife. Sort of guess. She's like, you're not a reader. I'm like, babe, I stare at a screen. I read emails all day. They're little short stories and sonnets and poems about people's problems all day long. <laughs> It's funny you say that because I actually made the case that I wasn't a reader to my dad maybe 20 years ago. And with his infinite wisdom that he has, he's like, 
you read stuff all the time, son. You read things on the internet for hours. We don't know how you do it or why you do it. It annoys us most of the time, but you're always reading things. You still read books. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and so I never really was big in reading books, but I do like books in general. It's just, I'm a slow reader. It takes a long time. So I listen to these books. I listen to these Star Wars books and they do, they do music and voices. It's really a lot of fun. I like Audible a lot. And as I'm listening to things that go on in Star Wars and like this, different technology that they're doing and they're debating and it's all fictional and made up, but it's just, I'm thinking to myself, I'm always thinking, what would someone who actually works on this type of stuff and solves these type of problems, if they're listening to one of these or reading a book or watching a movie, what would their minds be thinking of? Like the person who dealt with figuring out the treadmill math problem that you just described, what are they thinking about whenever someone's talking about, Ooh, well we calculated all these lanes for hyperspace and we do this and you can't do this or you'll fly through a star. And it's just, uh, I'm glad that I don't know enough to question the things that I enjoy <laughs> right? yeah. all the time. <laughs> like anytime anybody walks into a data center in a movie, you're like, yeah, <laughs> doesn't yeah. really look like that. <laughs> it's so funny. So almost every scene of a data center, my wife will be like, does it really look like that? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why it's not? usually a hundred <laughs> times brighter. In my experience, quite honestly, like most of the time you, oh, yeah. you see a data center scene, 100%. it's like really dim for some weird so reason. that you can see all the blinky blinkies oh that's, that's right yeah that's the idea. every data center i've ever been in it's been like five thousand, you know lumen bulbs and, oh yeah it's 3 a.m it's completely yeah, loud it's completely bright in there it's loud and there's not that many blinky blinkies i mean it's really disappointing after you've seen it in the movies yeah all right what else you got in today in tech history anything else you want to talk about other than uh, this? there's nothing there's nothing crazy um that went here but i thought it was kind of cool because the punch card calculator was patented on this day in 1889. And that was uh, a fairly, fairly important invention that took place. Right. So Herman Hollerith, that dude yep. has a mustache. Oh my God. That's a, that's a man stash. If I've, <laughs> if I've ever seen mustache right there. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was uh, just pretty cool. Um, he, so seven years later after he was awarded this, he, he started a company uh, called the tabulating machine company. In 1911, this is one of four companies that merged to form the company that would one day be called, I think it's IBM, IBM, I don't know. Never heard of her. I have not heard of them, but apparently he did something that was important that led to something big and it started on that day. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, The only other thing I got, man, I saw a tweet today. It was talking about how Elon Musk became the richest man on the same day when inventor Nikola Tesla died 78 years ago. What? Yeah, kind of no. weird. I, I guess Nikola Tesla died um, broke in a hotel room or something like that is what I saw. Well, that's disappointing. On January 7th. So this was yesterday, actually. This was yesterday. He became the richest man in the world. And, and Tesla died in the same day, 1943. Man, that's a, a pretty Weird. crazy coincidence, and uh, I think I think you pasted this in here. I thought the the response to uh, I guess Elon finding out that he became the richest man in the world was just classic. What do you say? Uh, oh yeah. Well, yeah, it's just Tesla owners of Silicon Valley. I guess is the Twitter handle, which I think is kind of funny in and of itself. Uh, said at Elon Musk is now the richest person in the world at 190 billion and Musk responds with how strange well back to work and just keeps going and moving forward I thought that's pretty awesome yeah mindset I guess um, it, somewhat related uh, I saw some news today around Apple um, getting Ooh. 
the something no with Tyler? Hyundai. Um, yeah, it's not it's not consumer electronics. Uh, no, it's in Apple's fine. It was ah, gosh, where did it go? Where did it go? Um, something about them. Oh, there there it is. Hyundai confirms that it is in early discussions with Apple on collaborating to develop a self driving car, and says Apple is in talks with several car makers. That was the news. Just relating it to that, right? Oh. Okay. And so, yeah, it makes me wonder, um, well, a number of different things. Anyway, You know what's interesting about that to me is it sounds to me like there's a uh, partnership model there where uh, I think Apple, although, of course, Apple has tons of business partners. SHI is an Apple business partner. Uh, but they're very much so known for, like, vertical integration and, like, designing and building their things that they do. Mm-hmm. Sort of makes me think, like, are they are they going to have a very heavy hand in the idea of building the self driving car, or are they going to build it themselves? It sounds like they're not going to build it themselves. They're going to go to uh, to other people potentially to uh, to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks like they're targeting twenty twenty seven for it. But uh, there, there's been a bunch of rumors around that. Uh, but it just it you know wanted, I wanted to connect that with the uh, the Tesla news. So yeah, I mean we what actually have a couple now? things that sort of connect to this. I mean Tesla Tesla closes the day um, as the fifth most valuable U.S. company, passing Facebook. So yeah. that was some pretty big news that happened. I think I think closed yesterday uh, with and Bitcoin that. valuation just passed Facebook's valuation. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Bitcoin uh, alone, I, I think it's going to go higher. Too. Maybe, maybe not near term, but I think long term. We're looking at we're looking at some pretty big numbers. The uh, the interesting thing is there's a lot of stuff around sort of the electrical vehicle space and just technology going into cars. Mercedes Benz unveiled. I don't even know how this is real. If I'm honest, I, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know what you do with it. But it is a 56 inch hyper screen display. What? Which, yes, you yeah. heard me right. Wait, in 50, a car? 56 inches, yes, in a car. It will de- debut in the EQS electric sedan in late 2021. What, dude? Is there a photo of that in the, in the uh, Verge link? I don't think they could get the whole thing in one picture. You're probably going to have to <laughs> look at a couple different ones. But somehow they're putting it what? into a car. I just... I'm assuming it looks like, like it's very curvy. Around. Oh, so it's, it's not like the TV? entire dash. Yeah. Okay. Is what it looks like. Well, okay. There you go. There's the photo. Yeah. So oh, yeah, it's, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. it's from edge to edge in the car. The whole front of the car is a screen. What? Yeah. I mean, it's Mercedes? even showing the screen going around the vents in this particular case. So it's, it's pretty what? crazy. To be uh, sure the hyperscreen isn't here. one screen. Okay, yeah. So it's like a, it's a kind of like that TV look with a bunch of different screens that, that comes together. What is it? It's uh, Mercedes. When are they looking at this? Uh, end of 2021, it says the EQS electric sedan. I, I actually don't know anything about it. Uh, okay. So this looks like what they did in the, uh, in the Crew Dragon launch where they basically took every physical switch out and the entire dash is just a, a touch screen. Everything. Yeah, it's just pretty crazy, no, especially when I consider my truck, which uh, has no touchscreen elements in it and is very knobby. Uh, it's just uh, the future is now is what this I'm seeing wild. in this. I just couldn't believe it whenever I saw the size that it was going to. I imagined a TV, like I imagined yeah, a you know, I 55 too. inch TV just going in. And uh, I, I also I went to the most absurd. I mean, because I felt like I'm like, well, you can't put a 55 inch TV in the front seat. So this must be a fold down TV for the kids to watch in the back. <laughs> in the back. And then, 
and then that's what I wanted. <laughs> and then I'm like, I, I want this and I want to ride in the back. It's like, time to call Pimp Your Ride. I heard you like screens. <laughs> I put some screens in your screens. That's right. Screens on screens on screens. Oh, uh, but yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. I, I wanted to get your opinion on something, though, kind of sticking with the the same theme here. It's uh, It says dealers make even less sense in an electric car world. Now, hmm. that's just the premise. It's the title. I haven't actually gone through it, but your thoughts on the premise. Um, yeah. Well, my, so my first uh, knee jerk reaction is, um, is on services, right? Dealers are, are around services and yep. in a combustion engine, you're going to have a lot of things that are going to potentially go wrong, potentially less things, and maybe things that are more easily just swappable. Um, you know, much in the same way, like if the Ram goes out in my PC, the, the, the Ram just gets shipped out. I swap out the Ram. Um, that's kind of how I just immediately connected in my mind. Maybe in an EV, it's more like that. Um, but you're still going to have, um, things like, uh, you know, brake lines and all that kind of stuff. Like that's not, that's not going to be any different. I don't know, but I probably need to dig into the article though. Yeah, I just, uh, well, I mean, one thing it kind of goes into is that like not everyone loves the experience of, of going to the dealership. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that that could be improved. It just, I, I feel like there is value mm-hmm. in having a dealership. Now, maybe they don't, maybe yeah, but the, no, there's no oil change. You know what I mean? Like that's one of the leading drivers to get pe- to like pull people in. Hey, it's time sure. for an oil change. Come in. Yeah. And maybe that's a, a big aspect of it, but do, do these cars not break? No, they do. <laughs> they do. Oh, you mean break B R E A K rather than B R A K E? No, uh, I understand that they can come to a stop. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, I hope no one ever had to actually ask that question. Do these, no, do these cars? I mean, it breaks? seems to be what it kind of revolves around is um, there's just less less issues uh, with an EV type of an engine than there is in a combustion engine. And all the different things that could go wrong. So yeah, no, I no, get I it, mean, man. I, I could, I could see that. I, uh, I think I'm just always. So this is, this is typically. It's weird, maybe as a technologist, the way that I think at times. I'm always very hesitant to replace something that we've been doing for a very long time, just like yeah. off the cuff, to just like assume that this thing is no longer necessary, right? I mean, there, there are some relatively obvious ones to me. Like I, I actually remember the whole thing about Blockbuster thinking to themselves that Netflix wasn't a threat. I remember saying to myself, that yep. seems insane to me that they don't view them that way. Yeah. So it's, it's not like this for everything, but I, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, we've talked about theaters in the past. I have this and that's a different type of experience, but it's like I have an affinity for the theater experience well, that I want to see stay. So my initial knee jerk reaction to this is, is I'm like, I don't know that I believe you, but, uh, you know, we'll watch the space. Yeah. Uh, so t- let me argue the other side of it though, real quick Please in do. that as cars have gotten smarter, the consumers have been able to do less and less with it. Right. Uh, I have been working on a number of different cars, just learning and tearing things apart and building and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. In the later model car I get, the more difficult it is, the more complicated it is. And oftentimes, the more I'm required to go into a dealer because they're the only ones that are allowed to do something with it. Yep. That, yeah. that was actually sort of my initial thought around this. because So I have a friend who used to buy and sell vehicles. He'd buy them from auctions. He'd fix them up and then he would sell them. It was a pretty good business for him for, I don't know, call it 10 years or so. <clears throat> but once cars got, I don't know, around... 
2012, 13 timeframe, he got to the point to where it was very difficult for him to continue doing that. Because like you said, there were just a lot of things that quite frankly were needed. He needed to get access to a computer inside of the vehicle to be able to affect certain things. And he just could not do it. Uh, and so he ended up switching altogether. He's completely gotten out of that business, but that's what he did for a long time. And so he, he fell, I don't know if prey to that is the right thing, but I thought in my mind at that moment, I was like, man, I wonder how that's going to affect your traditional shop that you go to. You know, when I go down to the shop to get various things done, there's one down the road here for me when I don't go to the dealership for that stuff. And I felt like that drove more people to go to the dealership. And so whenever Tesla's started becoming more of a thing. I actually had had thoughts a couple of years ago. I was like, hmm, I wonder, thinking back to my friend's situation, if this is going to make, you know, the Tesla dealership in and of itself a more valuable entity. So, I don't know. Just my Dude, thoughts let me, it. Yeah, no, that's good. Let me throw something else out at you. I don't, I can't be the only one that sits here and looks at my vehicles just sitting out there day after day after day. Like, I don't drive my kids to school anymore. I don't drive to the airport anymore. I don't drive to the grocery store anymore. They deliver it all to like, I, I have a truck, I have a minivan and then I have two, uh, cars that I just kind of work on, um, for fun. Right. I don't need four cars. I arguably don't need anything outside of the two cars I work on, except for they're both, you know, cars that only fit two people. So probably just need either the truck or the minivan. Would I, would I be crazy just to sell it or do I, should I go put it on uh, what's that app uh, Turo and just start renting it out every day? Uh, I, start didn't, making money? I didn't, I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's an interesting option. Uh, I will tell you that I have not thought at all about getting rid of mine. So I guess to give you the counter to that, in fact, you know, my wife still sort of ironically bugs me every day about getting a new one. Um, but I, I, I hold on to things for a really long time is yeah. typically what I do. And so, uh, I, I don't actually have plans necessarily of getting a new one anytime soon either. My 2013 F-150 is serving me well, cracked windshield and all. But the uh, I, I don't know because y- you will need it. That much yeah. I can pretty much guarantee you. It right. doesn't mean you, you won't use it as much as you did before. I mean, you'll probably use it less, I would imagine. But you will need it. We still go. I mean, I still use it. I mean, I still go to the grocery store because I guess I'm a heathen. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> I go, I'm going to go pick up my daughter right after this. Uh, she just actually started going to a little preschool for two days a week. So, Yeah, but I mean, life is a little bit different though, arguably for you. I mean, it is, at least is for I'm me. I'm definitely like, driving less, but it doesn't, historic- it doesn't remove my necessity to own a vehicle. Yeah. So when I lived over there, over in Plano, I would drive to the EMC office every single day, get up, mm-hmm. leave, like had to be in my vehicle every single day. And so my wife obviously needed a vehicle as well. And now well, we will go days that neither of us are ever even in one of the other vehicles. You yeah. Know? So anyway, whatever. Maybe you could reduce it down to one. Yeah. Yeah. But yep, a lot yep. of people will. The problem is I, there's another car that I want to buy. It's just, I can't convince myself to, cause it's like, what am I going to do with it? Where am I going to go? Maybe I should just get a digital version of it and race it around in a virtual world. You know what I mean? Uh, like it's starting to mess with my hands. I can endorse that a hundred percent. Uh, actually 100% of the time I can endorse that 100%. Yeah. So, uh, always getting digital versions of the things you want is incredibly important in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Different feel. Okay. Different feel. Um, what else here? Uh, 
so you saw, did we, did we talk already? I can't remember last time. Did we talk about the WhatsApp? No, I saw you tweet something around that. Yeah, dude, so, I was on tweets all over the place. You were, man. I guess, so I got on Signal the other day, as you saw. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm now on Signal um, because I saw Elon tweet it. <laughs> <He's> just <laughs> The power that guy has is so weird. He just tweets out, use Signal. And then Signal's in the news the next day. And the, art, the headline says, um, massive spike in Signal due to uh, like WhatsApp privacy things or whatever. And it's like, mm, I'm not so sure that it was a, Due to a spike or due to an issue from WhatsApp, as it was to Elon saying, "Use Signal." I, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, which he probably <laughs> responded. He, he tweeted in WhatsApp. response yeah, yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah sure. So Signal and WhatsApp. What or WhatsApp had the. They basically said that if you want to continue using WhatsApp, you will concede your chat information to Facebook, meaning they will be able to <laughs> leverage your your. <laughs> chat data to be able to service you ads and it's like listen facebook is facebook and if you you use it and like i'm comfortable with that side of it to some degree but like you want to start digging into the chats and i'm just not about that life so i have a, a group chat that has gone on for years i mean seven or eight years now i mean about as long as whatsapp's been around we've been on it and yeah. we all moved yesterday it's like okay where are we gonna go signal or telegram pretty obvious options we ended up choosing signal just because it was the most secure option it had a few additional features but uh that's ended that's what we ended up doing so i was just kind of looking around because i knew signal wasn't that popular i have used it in the past it's very popular in the linux community um i believe snowden <laughs> if, and i assume you know the one i'm talking about yeah yeah uh, it, he actually has recommended it in the past as like a tool for communication purposes. So if that gives you any, any idea of the idea of the privacy yeah. level that it has. What was it so that you tweeted? Something about how Signal, imagine being a company that owns no data or something like that? Yeah, it, well, it was a cool little chart that was like, imagine being a company that was built like without the need to to collect all of your data. And so it showed like four different platforms, Signal plus three others. And it showed a, a small amount of data, a little bit more amount of data and then a crazy amount of data as it, it sort of grew across those platforms and signal collects. None of it was yeah. sort of the idea is what it was trying to illustrate. So it was a pretty cool thing. I was actually checking the Android downloads numbers compared to some of the other ones out there. I was surprised to learn that telegram had already 500 million downloads and signal only had like comparatively five or 10 million. I mean, it was quite Hmm. a bit less, but I think they're exploding. And that's when I was like, I'm going to go look and see if they've been having issues. So I I went to Twitter to see, and that's when you saw me retweeting it was they actually could not handle the amount of notification or um, authentication requests that they were getting to actually get people signed up. I mean, the services work just fine, but to literally send people the auth codes to get set up over ran them for, for about a day, they're back up and running now just fine. But it'll be interesting. I'd, I'd love to see Signal explode for a couple reasons, especially as an Android user, because Signal does one thing that a lot of these other ones don't, and it's that you can actually use Signal as your default messenger, even for like cross-platform communication. So it's yeah, like that's something y'all need. Um, so it's also available on Apple on iOS, but I can't stand texting with people on Android because depending on their text messaging platform, half the time, like my text either won't go through or they will get them in all kinds of out of order or they get, they get group messages, but it gets separated out into, into individual messages. It's just, it's mad. Yeah. I get none of those problems. So those, well, cause you know what you're doing, but, but the, well, that's the thing, man is in, and so here's my issue with this whole, like 
how great iMessage is. iMessage is the problem. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying no, no, iMessage no. is great. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to bash Apple. I'm pr- just providing you with some perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know. Because people talk about this all the time, and it's they have just to an realize app like Signal or like WhatsApp it is or like Telegram. One hundred percent, and That's it's one it that can also do SMS and MMS. Right. What That's we right. need to do, because this country, the United States of America, they will never get off of the default application that they use. Right. The rest of the world, zero people will use the default application. Yeah. But so in we, the United States, anywhere we have Android and iOS on the same default app, is that what you're going to say? N- no, it is oh. not. All I need for them to do is to share a more modern protocol. Yeah. Because one exists. It is called RCS. And so if Signal, for instance, which, which behaves a lot like iMessage, it has its ability yeah. to communicate directly with other Signal users in a very in, over IP, right? Mm-hmm. So a more modern way of doing it. Yeah. Or it can so- do SMS and MMS, which is the legacy way of doing it, which is the way you and I would have to communicate if, if I was texting you, right? Mm-hmm. And so RCS is a replacement for SMS and MMS that will allow for higher quality multimedia messages, better group messaging, things like that. And if it is adopted on the wider scale, and Signal does this, and most importantly, if Apple does this. Well, actually, I guess it would even affect more if WhatsApp did it, ironically, because WhatsApp's the biggest messaging platform in the world, or at least it was until yesterday when it lost a couple hundred million users. And so that is what we need to see happen in the messaging world is these platforms that, yes, I want them to have their really good options to be able to communicate with each other uh, directly with other users of the same app, but also have that cross-platform stuff. So people have given Google crap for years about messaging platforms when all Google has been trying to do is to create a better standard for everyone to use. But everyone's like, no, no, no. We would prefer the ones that limit the use and we can only talk to each other. That's yeah, yeah. way cooler. Screw no, you, I hate Google. That. No, I, I mean, I hate that. That's, it's, it's terrible. The only thing I appreciate about it is that I could be uh, on an airplane and be able to uh, you know, send it... Um, uh, just via the internet, right? Via, via which, Wi-Fi. which, I mean, and I recognize that you probably communicate with a very significant amount of Apple users and that's how you experience it. You can also do that with SMS and SM, SMS and MMS and like you've been able to for 10 years. Okay. So like it I, I send text messages. I, it works right. all the time for me. I have oh, no really? issues traveling all around the country. And granted, I usually am using WhatsApp. Like most of my communication Oh, well, yeah, but if you use an WhatsApp. app like that, then it works. But if it's just, no, if it's native. No, 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 no. Stop. Stop saying okay. words. But <laughs> when my, when my parents shut message Shut your mouth me, when you're talking to me. That's right. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. When my parents text message me, it all goes through SMS or MMS because they're using their default platform, yeah. whether it's Android or iOS. And I can do that on a plane too. Works 100% of yes. the time. Agreed. No problem. So that's my point is like SMS and MMS will work over Wi-Fi on a plane. That's a carrier specific feature more so than anything else. So if you can't do it, change a carrier. That's your problem. Uh, WhatsApp. How many, don't look at my screen. How many employees would you say WhatsApp had? Had? Like have. How many, how many do they have? They've been around for 11 years. Owned by Facebook. Guess the I mean, number of employees. Yeah, I don't know. I would have assumed when they got bought by Facebook, they probably had like 20 or 30 um, now I would guess maybe a hundred. I'm just 50. One, one site here says 50. Another says 55. Okay. Well, that's there you surprisingly go. Surprisingly <laughs> low. I don't know. That's wild. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. I love seeing that level of efficiency. And then I turn around and I see, um, 
uh, insurance companies with 348,000 people. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. Well, you know, people need jobs, man. All right. That's we can't, we can't survive on companies with just 55 employees. We need more jobs. Yeah. 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 Jobs. All right. What else do we need to talk about? Or do you need to go get Kate? Uh, I think we can probably find one more before I have to go get her. Uh, okay. I, I, well, I was going to have you guess it, but I, en- I ended up pasting it in here. I was going to ask looked. you if you, <laughs> well, do you know what the most downloaded mobile game of 2020 oh, yeah. was? Yeah. Yeah. I already knew this before it was in there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Among Us. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I think yep. a lot of people really enjoyed that. Uh, I, I always enjoy, because the thing about Among Us that's cool to me as a person who plays games and is a gamer and has never been ashamed to play games. And I say that because that's like a real problem. People will play games, but they like don't want other people to know they do for some reason. Really? And yeah, it's a thing. Trust me. There's like, there's even professional Call of Duty players who will tell you that they were like on pro teams in high school, but they didn't want their high school to know because they didn't what? want people to think they were a gamer. I'm telling you, it's like a, it's a thing. If people uh, make fun of you, you just go beat them up. That's, what I was, <laughs> that's right. You just <laughs> institute some physical punishment on them and assert your dominance. Sometimes violence uh, is the answer. I'm just kidding. That's right. But my my thing when I see no, this is like I know that Among Us was played by a whole bunch of people yeah. who do not identify as gamers and who oh, don't facts. play facts. And so yeah, it was I like love seeing that. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I'm yeah. a, I'm a big fan of that exposure because it helps people to understand like, Oh, actually maybe it is okay to, to do these things and to play these. Cause I think those experiences are very important for people. And, and I don't think I've ever told the story here, but video games had a profound impact on like where I am in my life today. Yeah. And so it's a, uh, I, I like seeing that. So, you know, that's the warming heart of that story to me. And the other side of this is it also works really well for our corporate overlords because Apple's app store made an estimated $64 billion in 2020. With a so, B? With a B. That's right. Hey, so tell me, so the other day I jumped on Steam and I and it, it alerts me, hey, Russ is, Russ is gaming hard somewhere. That's right. And I was like, what is this game? I click in. I love that Steam allows me to do that. That I can just jump in and watch your game. Like yeah. instantly. It's crazy. Such a cool it's feature. Awesome. Yeah. Such and a you cool can, feature. Like you, I got a notification. It said, Hey, Aaron is asking to, to, to view this. Oh, Do you want to allow it? And I was like, yeah, bro, I want to allow it. Oh, see, uh, see, no one's ever asked to watch me game. So I don't know that it works <laughs> like that. Well, it's a, but, um, normally I actually have it set to where people can just do it yeah. automatically and I don't have okay. to approve it. But I guess Steam settings change. Sometimes they flip back, and so I had to approve it that time. But yeah, dude, that game was awesome. Quantum Good. League. I think we've talked about various quantum physics related things here, and you're yeah, literally playing you, in like the quantum realm in that. Game. Are you still awesome. playing it? Because it blew yeah. my mind. Like I didn't know what it was first of all, and so if you can imagine somebody trying to understand that game, not even understanding the premise, yeah, where you come in and you're starting in this little arena, it, it reminded me of uh, like the uh, oh, what, what what was that like that 80s and 90s. Um, where you had like nitro and turbo and oh american gladiators, gladiators. american gladiators yeah it was yeah. like that but uh like paintball kind of looking setup it was, yeah it is it is kind of like that it does have like a paintball looking type of f- like the the field that you're playing on yeah. or the like the a, arena yeah. is is very much so built to be an arena where you're doing this level of combat yeah. it's not like so you're I running watch through you. fallujah or whatever and right. shooting people down so i watch you take off and then like you're standing on this big 
you know, uh, like dumpster or something. I don't know. And then suddenly the whole game rewinds and then you play again <laughs> and there you are next to yourself. And I'm like, what is happening? Am I stroking out here or what? Dude. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was awesome. Drink some water. <laughs> it basically what it does is, is it, it plays, you play these three rounds, at least in the one V one mode that you were watching me play, even though it looked like three V three. Yeah. It's oh, crazy. it was one on one. That was one on one. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and so what you have to do, you have to have, uh, people call this uh, the way it was described to me whenever I was reading the reviews, it was just like, this is a big brain play like that's what this game is it's all about big big iq big brain plays like you have to remember all of your previous rounds that you played so what you do it's is you chess, start off sort of and you it, it is in a way uh, and it makes me want to play that the quantum chess even more because yeah. as i was playing this what's interesting is is like the way you play other copies of yourself in a previous time that's actually going on at the same time affects so many variables around you. And you have to think ahead for those as well as remember what you just did as you go from round to round. So what you start as, you start as your one person and you play your round. You're maybe going to battle this person for the middle point. And that happens within 10 to 15 seconds. Like each little micro round is 10 to 15 seconds long. Yes, it's very, very fast. And so you go and you run around and you either pick up health or you you frag the other player or whatever it might be. And then you go try and capture this point. Well, let's just pretend you do that. Now the second round starts and your replica that was in the first round replays itself while you as the second round are doing a different thing that you are now controlling directly. And then it does that three total times. So it's kind of like in Forza where you're racing your ghost or something, but if that if your replica if your former self is also going are they reacting to the live round or are they reacting to the they previous re- round so they are following the exact thing that they did in the previous round okay but you do not score until all three rounds are complete so okay if you, Can you do go take out the other yes yeah, so let's say there's you know, three yeah. lanes and the map uh-huh. first round you go down the middle lane Second round, your replica to go to, goes down the middle lane and you go down the right lane. Third round, replica go down, goes down the middle lane and the right lane, and then you go down the left lane. All three of those things are now happening in parallel. And whatever events took place in those 10 to 15 seconds that the round lasts, they will replay, but they can be interrupted by whatever the reactions are of the player on the other team. So you have to remember all of those things. You have to remember what your guy did. You have to remember what the second round affected about the first round or, or vice versa. And then sometimes you can even have foresight. So there are some times where I've actually had a player, (laughs) I've sent a a second, my second copy up to spam an area where I thought a guy was going to go. And then on the third round, my second replica killed their third player. And so like, yeah. And so (laughs) the game will call it out when you do that. And they'll be like, what foresight? I mean, it's like, it's crazy the way it works. And it's, but it's so simplistic in its base nature of the way it plays. It's like either kill or capture a point and, and like, that's it. But all of the things that you do is to how you position, how you counteract something while trying to prevent them from counteracting yours, or if you just let something go, is is crazy. Like there's multiple times where I'm like, I won the first two rounds. Like I know I saved my first replica and my second replica survived as well. So all I had to do to prevent them from winning that round was take out their third player. 
Because if I take out their third player, yeah. they can't do anything to my previous two players because they already won their rounds. So like that's right. That's the type oh, of dude, stuff that you what? think about as you play it. It's okay. Really so it's cool. also on Steam. It was like five yep. bucks. I thought I saw right. It was on sale for five, but it's normally like twenty. It's not an expensive game yeah. by gaming standards. Uh, and let me read this to our listeners. Quantum League is a revo- rev- ugh, Quantum League is a revolutionary time paradox shooter, a competitive online FPS where you are battling within a time loop, tactically teaming up with your past and future selves in mind blowing one v one and two v two matches. So go check it out. Yeah. Wild. And I did two v two with a buddy as well, and it becomes real interesting whenever you. <laughs> You have to start taking into account what your teammate is doing and you have to communicate really well with them. So I played with a friend of mine who I've, I've known for 30 years and we've played tons of games together and we've played games competitively where like I'm the end game leader. So this ended up working really well in our favor. So you're same I, brain anyway. I, yeah, I literally just told him what to do and he knew how to communicate back to me and I would tell him how to react or what to do in the next round and then I would just worry about my own play. We dominated it, man. I mean, we, re- we, we really handled it really well, but it was like the coordination factors that go into it uh, at 2v2 are unbelievable compared to, to 1v1. So I thought to myself, there's probably a limit. Like, I don't know if you could functionally do 3v3 in this game. 2v2 yeah, it's, it's might be it because now it ends up being six versus six by the time you're on your scoring round yeah i mean it's it's pretty crazy the way it all works out but it's it's a lot of fun it's also it sounds crazy difficult it's an incredibly casual experience i mean it's not a hyper hyper competitive it's not going and playing counter-strike or league of legends yeah it looks kind of cartoony right yeah i mean it's it's not i mean i'm sure people will take it serious but like it's it's a game that can be played casually i can pretty much tell you that if you're watching me play something that isn't counter-strike I'm probably playing it relatively casually. Yeah, and yeah. so th- this game fell perfectly Dude, into that. The games casual. are short. It's, it's, uh, and, and, you know, casual is relative to the individual. Right. Like to me, to me, <laughs> it was right. like, this game is incredibly thought provoking, but yet it, somehow it eased my mind compared to the things I have to do in Counter-Strike, which yeah. admittedly often feel like work that I love. So awesome, yeah. man. It's pretty crazy. Dude, that's good stuff. Thanks for the update on that. I was curious how that went because I only saw yeah. that first time you were playing it. It's good All stuff, right. dude. You want to shut it, it down? Have a good I weekend. I do. Yep. Got to shut it down. Uh, that brings us to the end of another Tech Breakfast podcast. Have a good weekend. Like, share, tweet, comment on the tweets. Give us feedback. We love every ounce of it. Uh, but for now, we got to go. I got to go pick up my daughter. So we're going to close this thing down. We'll check you all later. See you all next week. All right. Peace. Peace.